0: Hey guys, I'm Nick here with Tanner and Zach, and thanks for tuning into The Voyager Way, a podcast dedicated to sharing our passion for everything outdoors with listeners just like you. Whether it's talking about incredible trips we've been on, teaching you the best way to get your own adventure started, or talking with amazing guests about the incredible things they've done or places they've been, you can find it all here on The Voyager Way what's good everybody welcome back to the Voyager Way podcast um today is a little bit different podcast we have two new guests um one's kind of a guest and one's a guy that's been helping us behind the scenes uh we've got david here um who's been working with us with some different projects that we're working on and then we've got mitch fritz who is zach's brother um mitchell how are you doing tonight
1: good thanks for having me on tonight
2: I think we should add to that Mitchell is joining us all the way from Oregon.
1: So
0: thanks for hopping on the call tonight. Absolutely. Yeah, are you, are you, uh, because you're not in, you're not directly in Portland, right? Are you in a little kind of suburb right now?
1: Uh, Yeah, we're located probably like 30 minutes just south of Portland. So we're just right on the outside.
0: Okay, nice. Um, And can you fill um, just the listeners in on, because we've definitely, I was thinking about this, I feel like we've mentioned, People who are not like directly involved with this Voyager Way I thing, I feel like you're the person who has been mentioned the most outside of um, this stuff, just because you've like, obviously being Zach's brother and doing a bunch of cool outdoor stuff, we've just, you, your name's got brought up a lot. Um, can you just fill everybody in? What you're kind of up to right now out in Portland or out in Oregon, Oregon, whatever. Oregon.
1: <laughs> what is it? Is it
2: Oregon or Oregon?
1: It's Oregon. And I feel like people would shoot you out here if you said or- Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: so what are y'all to what are y'all to out there in uh, Oregon Oregon? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I came out here two years ago. Um, I'm working towards my uh, doctorate in clinical psychology. So I'm in my second year of the program. Um, yeah, I don't know. moved out with Josie, our dog Paisley. Um, living right outside of Portland here, going to school at George Fox University is the college or the university, I should say. Um, but just been working on that. Uh, we just finished up the semester, so it's been kind of nice to, uh, have a little bit of a break now and, uh, less stress for a few, few weeks here before things start back up for the spring semester.
0: Yeah, cool. Um, so we're going to, we actually have another podcast planned with you to kind of dive into all your individual stuff that you've been doing, which will be awesome. Um, but today's podcast, since we got Dave here, um, who lives down in the city, so we don't get, get him up here as much. Um, we're gonna do an, another outdoor question of the week. And I think we're gonna do two th- tonight, if that's what, that's what everybody's kind of driving with. So the first one, oh, which, which one should we start with? Let's do the, the honeymoon one. Honeymoon one, okay, cool. So the first, the first question that we're gonna, outdoor question that we're gonna go through is, this is a little more applicable to uh, Mitchell because he's actually getting married on the 1st of January. This one well, next year, I guess. Um, so the first outdoor question that we're going to talk about, talk through is if you could go anywhere on an outdoor honeymoon, um, where would you go? Like no restrictions, no money, no time. Actually, this is reminding me, Dave, do you want to tell us what uh, your parents did for their honeymoon that is kind of very applicable to this question?
3: Yeah. And so I'll, I'll just preface this. I'll preface this by saying I've never heard my mom's side of the story, so I don't know exactly how <laughs> great it was. But you guys have no doubt, if you've been listening to the last couple of podcasts, you've heard about our fishing trips up in Canada. And actually a cabin not too far from where we stay is where my parents had their honeymoon. I think it was 30 years ago this year. Oh, nice. Um, and Congrats, Jeff and Lisa. Yeah, congrats, congrats <laughs> mom and dad. <laughs> and they actually had their honeymoon up there, and it was a little bit of a... I don't know how much fishing happened there because I don't know how much into fishing my mom is, yeah. but I know my dad probably, that was kind of his idea. And He
2: just went fishing and left your mom at the cabin. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: great start to a marriage. Just leave your wife in the cabin for a couple hours while you go fish. Um, but yeah, so it's just kind of cool. I mean, obviously that was before we were all born as their kids, so it's kind of cool to see that little piece consistently every year that we get a chance to get up there we get to see the cabin where they had their honeymoon yeah
0: we pass by it every time don't we
3: yeah. yeah yeah it's right uh just down the shore from our cabin kind of cool
0: um so mitchell do you have do you guys already have something planned i know obviously with this code stuff it's been crazy and you doing school and work and everything it's it's not ideal um do you guys have something planned or do you have like have you guys talked about just some cool things that you guys want to do i guess how would you guys answer this question
1: yeah. Um. Yeah, at the moment, we don't have anything planned. Um. It's just been too stressful of a process, even just with like our reception and everything, to try to even keep postponing or uh, moving that stuff around from different venues. So when it came to the honeymoon decision, we just decided that we're gonna just hold off on that till things are. Uh, better around the world so that we could make a decision and know that we can follow through with it. So yeah, currently we don't have anything planned,
0: but you guys have probably talked about some stuff and I you guys, well, I don't want to spoil anything for the, the sick podcast that we're going to do with you later, but you and Josie have been on some pretty cool outdoor trips, which is, I think a cool, um, just dynamic to have with somebody that you're going to like spend the rest of your life with, especially if we know you enjoy doing that outdoor stuff so much. So, so finding somebody that is very willing and able to tag along, um, on some of your crazy stuff is awesome. So have you guys talked about some like future stuff that you'd like to do, or I guess, how would you, what's some, what's the ideal for you personally? What would you, what would be super cool for you guys?
1: Yeah. Uh, we talked about doing some trip over like in the Greek islands. Um, it'd be kind of fun to go in that area to check out some of their white sand beaches they have, but, um, I've just seen a lot of cool pictures and videos of, that area. So that's something that we've kind of uh, thought would be fun, uh, more of a a relaxing one. Uh, As for your other uh, question, kind of what would be like an adventurous one? I think that all all depends on is it one that I would enjoy or one that we would enjoy because (laughs) it's pretty big. I could definitely drag her along on something that she would have no fun doing.
0: Since we're probably going to say stuff that we would enjoy, how would you answer something that you would enjoy?
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it'd be pretty fun. Um, I did a trip my sophomore year of college prior to, uh, study abroad. Um, I went over and backpacked, uh, a part of the Swiss Alps, uh, prior to the abroad or to my class I was taking over there. So I think maybe even doing something with her over there, I think would be pretty fun. Um, I think you can like change like, or vary the um, amount of effort it would take for different stretches of that trip, so I think we could find something that would be manageable for the two of us. So it'd be kind of fun.
0: Nice. What was what did you? What was your favorite part about the Swiss Alps? Like, why would you pick that?
1: It's just wild. the The peaks over there are just. I mean, they're so pretty. um I mean, they have huge mountains over there in the valleys too. I mean, I was so shocked. There's one city that we went through, or I, I should say, more so, town. And like, you think of like the Canadian Rockies and how, when you are like approaching them, it's like pretty flat and then like gradually gets a little steeper and then you get up to them. And then like some of the bigger peaks are are pretty steep, but over in Switzerland, like within the Swiss Alps, it's like valley floor and then like, like straight vertical incline up to the top of the peaks. And so there's like sheer cliffs. And I mean, like there's so many people that would do like that base jumping uh, and like those squirrel suits, just because of how steep the edges were. Um, and so it's, it's just crazy. Um, it's really pretty area over there. That'd be freaking sick. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh, so they're probably jumping off like that high stuff. And then there's the low valleys are right there. So it's a pretty easy spot to kind of, well, easy is probably not the right word, but they can just kind of fly <laughs> yeah. down into the, into the valleys from like some super high peaks, right?
1: Yeah, no, it's crazy. We, like when we were walking through you would just hear this sound of like uh, almost like if you had like a windbreaker shirt on in the wind and you just like hear that out of nowhere and then you just hear like kind of like a pop and then you would like look over and the parachute would be deployed and like what the heck So like the first time or two we heard it we're like what is that noise and then we started noticing like the people and then you could see people way the heck up there that were like nose diving off of these um like big cliffs or overhangs and then they would just come like lying down and then you would just like hear their parachute pop and then them float down but i remember the hostel we stayed at there was a little kid that must have been the owner's um son and he goes oh yeah um every couple of weeks yeah we get a couple of jumpers and, and my buddy is like what do you mean he goes yeah they're the ones that don't
3: make it <laughs> so oh, he's like no
0: oh my god so terrible That's so
3: <laughs> awful so uh, great great honeymoon idea there yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: we might skip that part.
0: Okay, cool. Have you, have have you, do you have any idea kind of for something, how to answer this question, the honeymoon question?
1: I think so. Well,
2: yeah, I think what I would do, kind of like Mitchell, I think I would go off of like an experience that I've already had and kind of go back to an area at least. And I think that area would be like Patagonia. Yeah. Just because it was like extremely pristine and like tons of hiking tons of mountains and there's a lot of like really cool hostels for people to stay in. Yep. Um, but you could also do like a good mix of like your own camping wherever you want, but then going and staying in hostels if you wanted to stay like in a town or cause a lot of the towns are really cool. They're kind of like little mountain towns in yep. South America, which was super cool. So I think that would be super cool. But as I'm thinking about it as uh, thinking about it, um, a little bit harder I think what would also be cool I think it would be nice to just know what I'm getting myself into like so that part of it isn't like you don't distress no that. this is something different now oh, okay. okay so like <laughs> okay. to see what I'm getting myself into I'm tempted to like also do a very like hard arduous like canoe trip okay as well because I feel like when you're put in those circumstances, you have to work together so well to get through oh, I gotcha.
1: a lot of like hard stuff. Like oh, that. you
0: mean what you're in for, for like your like being Future, married? Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> okay. With your significant yeah. other.
1: Zach, are you saying you would bring a woman through this with you?
0: <laughs> yeah. He said he wants to <laughs> test her and make sure that it's Not to make sure it's going to work,
3: <laughs> but just so that he can. Mind <laughs> you, this is a honeymoon after the wedding. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, ideally you'd do it before, but it'd be like nice to <laughs> – Just to see what's going to happen. I mean, I feel um, that. Because I feel like, I mean, you guys know being on all these trips, like you go through a lot with the person or with the other people you're with.
0: And so. um, All right. Okay. So I have an idea how to answer that then. Okay. How how I would answer it. It, I got it. I think I got this idea from like, you gave me this idea right now. So it'd be half of a trip would be that hard stuff, right? Like just to kind of get a little more perspective, um, especially since like, where our friend group is so involved with this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like we kind of like get into it and our, our idea of a fun vacation is like going Usually not very fun to other. Yeah. People. Yeah. Some people would not enjoy it at all. Um, so I think it'd be cool to do like a half and half kind of trip wherever. And I don't, that's the thing is I haven't been a ton of places, um, outside North America. Like we've been to Canada and, um, some places around that, well, I guess just kind of the Midwest part of the United States. Um, but I would love to go like over to Ireland or down to Patagonia or that kind of stuff or like to the Alps. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's so many cool outdoor places. Like there's a ton obviously in North America, but there's a so many, like there's a bunch more obviously around the world. So doing like going somewhere like that, but someplace that you could just grind for like three or four days, you know what I mean? Cause it, but then it would make like a, you would kind of get a good, like your significant other would get a pretty good sense of like, Oh shit. Like, yeah, this is. Well, hopefully they'd see some of like the – like You get to see the whole side of everything. Yeah, but then you end – you'd end your honeymoon with like three days of just freaking chilling on a beach and just doing honeymoon stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like it doesn't have to be a beach obviously but like in like a town or somewhere where you can really just like relax because I think it goes back to like what's the best meal that you ever have like during the year? It's not like the dinner you have like after you've had a long day of work. It's the breakfast or lunch you have when you come out of the woods for a week. You know what I mean, yeah. like after you get back from camping, like not that the food is that bad, especially because Mitchell's usually prepping it. Um, <laughs> um, but like when you come back, yeah, if you don't have to cook it and you know you're not doing the dishes, and you don't have to start a fire, it's like that first meal when you get back to like quote unquote civilization is always like super yeah, yeah. good. So if you just grind it for the first like three or four weeks, not weeks, wow, three or four days, <laughs> three, three or four days of your honeymoon, and then like the last like, half or more than half was just, like, you get, just got to, like, enjoy yourself a little bit and, like, relax and not worry about anything, I feel like it would make it that much better, like, both parts that much better, because then you wouldn't, like, you wouldn't get done with the honeymoon and just be like, okay, well, that was just, like, we just worked our ass off for a week, like, that was whatever, Um but you, then you get to appreciate kind of sitting on your butt for a little bit, you know what I mean, So be maybe, like, the best of both worlds, especially assuming that, like whoever my significant other ends up being, isn't going to be somebody who likes to go as hard as we do. Um, so finding that it's probably good practice for marriage is finding something that both of you <laughs> yeah. would enjoy. Um, but this is just what, what our idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a little hard for Dave and I cause we're not seeing anybody. So yeah. it's like, I wonder what my significant other would like, but you two have a little bit clearer since you're dating people. Uh, well, you're about to marry somebody. Mitch.
1: Nick, that's funny. You say that with the, the food, because we went snowshoeing, um Josie and I, and then one of our roommates, um uh, oh, and uh Josie's sister, who's out uh having Thanksgiving with us, but we went snowshoeing um the day after Thanksgiving up on Mount Hood, and so we did um several miles and then we had came back to the parking lot and we had brought leftover Thanksgiving, and then I just had my um my stove and we had reheated our Thanksgiving leftovers. And yeah, literally, they they tasted so much better in the back of the parking lot.
0: <laughs> Isn't that nuts? Show. Yes, dude.
1: <laughs> and they did at the, the dinner table on Thanksgiving. So I definitely agree.
2: I mean, I they usually know. taste good the next day, anyways. But then after like a long hike, that just tops it off.
0: Did you uh? Did you give Paisley any?
1: <laughs> no, dude. She's a whole nother. <laughs> I have I, I have a disclaimer for any listener that is considering getting a dog that you want to adventure with um one of the primary questions you should ask the breeder is does the mom or dad get car sick and if they say yes find a different breeder
2: <laughs> does she so she still consistently throws up every time you guys take her somewhere
1: no and that's the problem it's it's not consistent and so like today Josie's like yeah you should take Paisley with you to REI when you go pick up your skis and so i'm like oh sure that's fine like we had a good experience last time we drove well she freaking yacked everywhere twice <laughs> and so i'm like trying to drive with one hand i got paper towels my other hand trying to wipe it off in the back
3: so it was oh, just a, no, no dude
0: no. oh gosh that's gross
3: uh, Get him some new floor mats for christmas that's yeah he's a right weather tech
0: babe <laughs> Jesus, louise um all right dave what do you got what do you what have you been thinking
3: Uh, I mean, yeah, I definitely see the merit to, like, having those strenuous experiences to kind of of find out, like, the bond that you guys have. And I think I would probably place that before marriage just on the off chance (laughs) that on the honeymoon they scratch their head thinking, what the hell did I get myself into?
0: There are girls listening right now, like, that would be the dumbest thing. Yeah. What are these guys talking about?
3: I want to give you that exit ramp before the marriage. (laughs) And then, honestly, I would just rather – after, for, like, the actual honeymoon, just curl up in some, like, destination ski cabin somewhere, like, maybe Japan Ooh, or something. Skiing in idea. Japan would be, like, a bucket list for me. It? I've heard it's cool. I don't know. Okay. I've never been. Yeah. Or I mean, think they have really Jake. good skiing,
0: there. Dude, you could start out, like, any store. Like, yeah, like, on our ski trip in Japan, everybody's like, okay, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how was that? <laughs> cool. Yeah, so
3: something like that where it's just, like, a cozy little cabin and then get out and ski. I mean, there's obviously going to be other stuff to do in that environment but now we kind of go back
0: to the like you kind of be uh i mean like skiing is not like easy by any means you know i yeah, mean so yeah. you could just kind of have the whole day of just kind of working and skiing and stuff like that and then you just get to hang out and yeah well, yeah i definitely could see that being awesome i know you and your family did a lot of skiing
2: like up on the northern shore of Lake P- yeah, 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 yeah with you guys back yeah, like in the uh, Schmidtman days yeah the i forgot about that um, <laughs> have you
3: done much other skiing like outside of minnesota Um, so I think it was senior year of high school. So back in winter, like 2014, 2015 for spring break, we went to Big Sky, Montana. Oh,
0: that's
2: right. And
3: that was just incredible. I mean. Better than Lutzen probably? uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just so different. I mean, you go to Lutzen and, I mean, you guys had talked about skiing when, I think when Meredith was on and Powder Ridge out by St. Cloud, that's bunny hills yeah, and then loots in it takes probably like six seven minutes to get down the hill and that's after like a decent chairlift oh. ride but then i think the longest run me peter and michael my two brothers um in big sky in yeah up in big sky we'd go up to the top of the bowl which i think was three chairlift rides and it would be like what? a 15 minute run down really and yeah and that's just way cooler i mean there's like so many routes and stuff that you can go anywhere really I, we really like going through the woods and stuff yeah but there's a little bit of everything i mean you get like the jumps you get just the straight hills you get the woods stuff like that so that was really fun and then actually right before everything started shutting down with covid i was out in vermont visiting Marion winchell cool. my sister and her fiance and we did like a half a day of skiing there, but I mean that was the first time skiing since my ACL got torn. So oh, yeah, that You're half a day was nonsense. plenty. Yeah, yeah. plus Winch- <laughs> I was borrowing Winchell's boots and they were like half a size too small oh, on one foot, yeah. so that was just aching. So feet you'd probably rather have
0: once half size too big than small, I would think. That would just be a bummer. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, it might give you a little room to wiggle around, but I'd rather have that than just no blood in my feet. Yeah. So. No.
0: So that might actually, Mitch, lead us into our second – pretty well into our second question, outdoor question of the week. Um, since that was going to be what activity, if there are no restrictions, kind of like the honeymoon thing, if there are no restrictions like money-wise or location-wise, what outdoor activity would you get into? Um, it sounds like you may have just bought some new skis that are you – like? so what? what's the – because I know we talked about, is it called – touring is that what it's called is that what you're trying to get into or did you buy skis that are for different something else
1: yeah um well first of all i hope meredith is listening to this because i got to give her a little piece of my mind <laughs> uh, yeah because well, a few hundred dollars later after i get some uh a ski set up <laughs> no um but yeah i would say the one thing that i'm trying to get into is um skiing more Um, That was obviously something uh, growing up that I couldn't really do a whole lot um, or had the opportunities to. One, obviously being in Minnesota and kind of having lacking the resources to have good skiing, but two, just with the hockey season um, and everything, it was just tough to find time to get away to do um, skiing. But yeah, so that's something that I'm trying to get into now more out here because I have the time. Uh, I guess I don't necessarily have the time, but I have... uh, (laughs) resources uh such as mount hood to go uh do so and when i was looking between like a setup i could have gotten just like traditional like downhill skis uh but then another option is called like alpine tour skis and so what they do is like the binding that your boot is locked in um, functions a little bit different where there's like just a pin set up by your toe and then you could have it so your heel can be released from the ski. And so you can use the skis um, kind of like cross-country skis. And they have these things called skins, which is essentially just like a felt that goes on the bottom to make them so they're not slippery. So when you're trying to go up the, up the hill or mountain, um, you don't go backwards. So you like strap those to the bottom of your ski for your way up and you tour up the hill or mountain and then you take the skins off and then you um, flip a thing on your binding that locks your heel back in and then you can um, ski down. So uh, it allows you to do more kind of like backcountry access or um, kind of lesser traveled areas, which is pretty sweet. So I just thought having the versatility would be um, kind of a fun thing, especially out here.
0: That sounds like a workout and a half.
3: Yeah, I definitely applaud you for that. Because like I said, when I was out in Vermont, it was right before COVID ski hills started shutting down and Mary and Winchell were like, Well, we could like try to find a place and pay some money or we could go skinning, which is what you just described too. And I'm thinking, so you're offering me to either hike up the mountain or ride a chairlift. (laughs) I'm going to take the chairlift. In skis. How does that work? And they didn't have the setup, the touring setup. So it would have literally been me like hiking up, carrying skis and boots and then skiing down and i'm like yeah let's do this. Yeah, let's, that. let's find a place so Holy. luckily we got into like resorts right before they closed but
2: so have you gotten cool. out and actually used them at all yet
1: um
3: no not yet i just picked them
1: up from rei today i was getting the um the bindings mounted on them so i uh, just got on back so i'm hoping to do something maybe even tomorrow or um within the next like week and a half before uh we head we head home so yeah we're hoping to get out soon but um yeah mount hood i think has i checked earlier today it's like 47 inches at the base dude so, I give mean, us some of that dude of oh
0: we have zero inches here like, <laughs> what's the point of it being cold if you like you can't do anything well oh, it's gonna be yeah. 50 on wednesday so i don't know why it's so warm mm-hmm.
2: yeah so there
3: goes all the ice that we've been saving up for pondy and yeah. <laughs> all the fun stuff about winter
1: yeah
0: um uh, okay dude,
3: cool like, too- oh i just can say one more thing nick yeah, you're
0: that
1: good crazy coming out here because when you want to play in the snow like you can leave your house where there's no snow and then you can go play like in like 47 inches or several feet of snow (laughs) later in the winter and then you can drive home in that same day and not have to shovel anything at your own house and so it's just the wildest thing
0: and how so can you Cause you, I think when I was, when I saw some of your posts that you had on, on your Instagram, like did you guys park in the same parking lot that we kind of parked out to when we were hiking out there? So like you can drive pretty much right up to the snow, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's you literally like where we went snowshoeing um, the day after Thanksgiving, uh, we didn't see snow until like you're within like 15 minutes of where you're parking. And then like the snow <laughs> literally just like appears out of nowhere. So I, you get to like a certain elevation, and then it, it switches from when it rains, uh, to snow. So, yeah, it just it's crazy how it's so like concentrated at the higher elevations. But it's it's thick. There's so much of it.
0: Gotcha. Cool. All right. What would be yours next? Let's hear it for outdoor activity. I think I watched this crazy cool documentary, um, on like whitewater, whitewater rafting. Like what was, documentary is it? It was about. I think it was about it was it followed this guy who was from um, some country in Africa and he didn't have a ton of access to like some crazy like whitewater mm-hmm. like he didn't have a ton of access but he like he really liked doing it and I think he was like he went out of his way to like train super hard to like be able to compete with some of like the top like whitewater raft and that's like in a single like small kayak right yeah. um, like kayak or raft oh kayak right. Because raft is like a yeah, yeah, yeah. like what you can pay for, like a. So are tourist. you saying you want to get into whitewater
2: kayaking or <clears throat> whitewater kayaking? kayaking? Yes. Okay. You
0: know, <laughs> I, yeah, I want to be a whitewater rafting guide. No, I want to. I want to <laughs> do. Uh, I want to, yeah, a kayak, yeah, like a single kayak. Um, Have you ever seen the the Grand Inga project? Dude, dude, is that, that, is that what Congo? I'm talking about? That's the Congo. Congo, remember, yeah. Right? Is, that what, is that what I'm trying to talk about? I think so. That's like a, I, I don't even like, know what you're trying to talk about. I don't about even right? know what I'm trying to. talk about. You know you're Yeah, it's a yeah, river uh, yeah. documentary. That's
3: yes. Okay. Massive river in Africa. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then this guy comes... like it's a local guy that tries to compete with all like the top guys, but he like he doesn't have as much access to that kind of stuff, so it's tough. Doesn't don't they follow one guy who's like local? Uh,
3: am I making stuff up? I honestly haven't seen it. I just oh. no. Heard
2: about the it. one that I'm thinking of, it's like a bunch of. I can't remember who is all on. It. I know there's a few Americans like on this team that go to this ri- uh, rapid set on the Congo River. Yeah. and try to paddle it and nobody has ever successfully gone through the rapids. Oh, really? Cuz it's like that big. People have tried the jumpers. Yeah. the jumpers. <laughs> oh god. And then they had like this uh helicopter that would like follow along and then they had like built in like air mat or um like air tanks into their life jackets because they would get like if you flipped in these rapids you could get like stuck underwater for like multiple minutes at a really? time so they would have like these little air tanks
0: to give them like a few extra minutes no wait to like okay well i don't do that but like <laughs> I, want to, I want to i just think like because i know on some of our trips up in canada like on the rivers it was super cool we were doing doing them in canoes um and you can you can go you can shoot quite a bit of white water in canoes um but like not nearly as much as you can shoot in one of those yeah. like hard. It's not plastic. So it's not plastic. What are they made out of? Yeah, it's like a hard, like plastic. a super hard plastic. Yeah, like just so maneuverable. Yes, it's nuts. And like there was there was times where we'd be on the river at like the same point as these. Um, There's a group of guys that were going. Uh, they were probably in their like 40s at least, um, and they were just going on, like kind of like a guys trip. It was just like four of them, and they were just pa- they just packed all their gear into their kayak. Um, and there was one – I just remember distinctly, we had to portage around this super – like, it was a pretty big – like, a waterfall for all intents and purposes. Like, it was a pretty big – like, there's no way a canoe could go down it. Um, and we were just kind of chilling at the end of the portage trail, like, back on the other side of the river. Um, and all of a sudden, we see these guys, and they they get out. They kind of scout it for a second. Like, they're not going to shoot that. Like, there's no way. And, and they just get right back in their in their kayaks, and they just, like, rip down it. I'm like, what – how is that possible? Like I did not think – like. In my brain, I would never have thought like, even if I had a kayak, like, yeah, I would t- I'll take that. I'll take this down there. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, no, somebody would have to go down at first for me and be like, are you sure? Like, that's a thing. Like, I don't think that's like, people can go down this waterfall. Oh, and I would be watch fine. 10 people go down there. Yes. And say, yeah, no, like, I'll walk. Okay. Which way did you go? Okay. I just want to make sure. Um,
3: <laughs> as, you're, as you're dragging your kayaker along. The border, <laughs> yeah, so I'm just watching
0: you guys. Yeah. You guys are good. Um, well, plus I just think, I mean, obviously that's that would need to play into like the having enough money and resources and time to do that kind of stuff. Because I feel like the the stuff that you would actually plus, I feel like that one super viral video that everybody's seen, um, these guys, I don't know where they are. It seems like they're in like some sort of jungle or something, but it's like a concrete slide. Like, like a, a drainage ditch. Yeah, it's like a drainage yeah. ditch that like they just rip down it going like super, super fast.
3: Absolutely breakneck speed. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, for
3: sure. <laughs>
0: breakneck speed, dude. Safe word will not help you. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it's going to be super fun to travel like just to different parts of the world, kind of like that Congo video, and like just try... Oh, I watched another documentary about... They were... Uh, Mitch, you might have, you might have turned me on to this one. It was in the Arctic or something, and they oh, they, yeah. they hiked, well, is- they hiked for the first like half of it just to get to this river because they were the, and they were like carrying the kayaks on their back. Do you you know what I'm talking about, Mitch?
1: Yeah, I remember. I remember watching this. I forget the name of it, but I remember.
0: Yeah, so they like I don't know what the whole point of it was. Like nobody's ever done it in kayaks before, or like it would have been. I think it was gonna be like super cool. Um, like a super cool river or stream to shoot, but nobody ever does it because like, how could you get a kayak all the in there? So then they hiked. Like, was it? I don't. Was in the Arctic, right? Was it somewhere, somewhere up there, right? I or might like be thinking in, of something in Greenland or somewhere, some Because were, were like they that. paddling like in the glaciers,
2: basically? Yes,
0: yeah. But they had to. But the first half of the documentary was them like hiking and dragging their kayak behind them just okay. to, just to get there. Yeah, anyway, would, uh, yeah. the whole, the whole like point is just like, there's a ton of, I feel like you could just, um, oh gosh, I almost wanted to switch my, but I'm too far in now. <laughs> there's just like so many cool, there's so many cool places that you could go. Um, if you had like the money and resources, obviously and, like the time to like, you could shoot some pretty cool rivers and meet some pretty cool people that like doing that kind of stuff, which is, but well, that's why my brain started thinking of three other activities. that would be awesome to do that with, but, um, I will did i ever tell you the Stop, story
2: man. of who i met when i was on patagonia the kayaker Uh uh-uh. so i was coming back from patagonia back up to the u.s at the end of my time down there and i that that was when i started to get into whitewater kayaking and so i was doing as much like researching and watching stuff as i could and i got familiar with this one guy named dane jackson and if people are familiar with kayaking you'll see a lot of people paddling uh jackson kayaks and so he is essentially like the son of the founder of the guy who founded the jackson kayak company oh gotcha and they're pretty sweet i think they grew up like basically just like driving around living in their van like as a family and they just all kayaked and they like competed and ugh. like that was kind of like their thing and um he just does crazy stuff like he's a really good freestyle kayaker being okay. able to do like flips and all these different tricks yes. on waves and stuff but then he also shoots like the massive waterfalls up, like absurd things yeah
0: like 70 foot waterfalls like he'll go off of those
2: can you imagine kayak. just no.
0: like dumping off like i guess you could probably compare that a little bit to like skiing right if you get up to a ledge and you can kind of see over that okay let's yeah. not do that like just freaking dipping over this thing and just see you later yeah because
3: yeah. you're in a river you can't go back no it's, it's, you're there <laughs> you're <laughs> gone. going
0: over the side <laughs> and there's no way you know exactly where you're gonna land and I don't know the there's no way
2: I don't know like if there's a terminology <laughs> for this or not but like to an extent and I've I've obviously never been off a seventy foot waterfall so I don't know exactly <laughs> but like, <laughs> <of> yeah. they, <laughs> they do this thing where like when you get high enough off the waterfalls and you go off of them, you like throw your paddle. Cause you you don't, oh, like, I've seen you do don't want your paddle to hit you when you hit the water. And like the nose of your kayak is like breaking the surface. And so like they throw their kayak paddle in front of them and then they basically like duck forward and like cover their head basically.
0: Like um, if you're in an airplane, like, it's about to, to crash. To basically <laughs> like
2: think of it, like, like you're going to be diving into the water essentially with, with the, your kayak. So you go.
1: At 70 feet.
2: Yeah, exactly. What do you say? At 70 feet. Oh,
1: yeah. It's, yeah
2: what I have the,
3: to imagine like you just have to hold your neck and hope to God. it. It's, and, or you don't land on a rock or yeah, anything. Yeah. Else. Yeah.
2: But the paddling down there for kayaking, like I really want to go back down there and do some kayaking. Cause it was just, the rivers are so good for what, that. What if you put yeah.
0: a parachute on and then this is getting <laughs> too jumped off and then no, that would work better. I feel like I feel safely like you, land on yes, the river. You have a better <laughs> chance of doing that.
3: I think you need the speed to get out from under the water though.
0: You think the parachute would get.
3: Parachute would You'd have to catch the, water. the edge. You'd have to get off the edge, and then the water would be landing on the parachute. Okay, so you, you add, add a fan and... on the back of your kayak. <laughs> okay. So this is just a motorboat. <laughs> okay. Anyways,
2: I had seen a whole bunch of videos of this guy, and um, we randomly stumbled across him in the airport. And uh, I was eating with my dad, and I was like, I think I know who this guy is, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, yeah. I ended up going and introducing myself, and it was him, and he was down there for. It was like the world championships for kayaking. In Something super large. Argentina, Argentina yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he was super cool, super nice guy, and was telling us more about kind of what he did and how he got into it, and it was super cool. That, Dane
3: Jackson, hard ass. Yeah, that's yeah nice. if, you,
2: if you have Instagram or YouTube or anything like that, just go on and look up Dane Jackson. He does some sweet stuff. Dane Jackson, okay. Well,
0: that was I, – I will stick with my kayak yeah. answer. Okay, who else wants – who has a good one? Um – yeah, so I think mine.
2: I think what I would want to really start to get into is mountaineering, and I and I see, think I like, don't
0: really know what that is.
2: So like I guess, and I don't know a whole lot about it, which is why I want to yeah, also get into it. Into it but, um, <laughs> really. but I mean like I feel like I see a mountain and like, to an extent, you can just go climb them if they're not like ridiculously big. But I'm thinking like the ones where you need like the technical equipment and like. You actually like an L cap kind of thing, like alpine climbing kind of, yeah. Or no, that'd be more like rock climbing, okay. but more it's of different. like, like, like what people do on Everest, but not Everest, because I think.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're not scaling stuff per se. You're no. more just like intense freaking hiking. Yeah. Very vertical. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. So like
2: climbing the big like snow capped mountains um, and having to use the gear, but not like the sheer cliff like rock climbing yep, yep. kind of stuff. Um, And so, like, whether that be in the U.S., like in the Rocky Mountains or the Tetons or down in Patagonia or the Himalayas or something like that, I think it'd be super cool to to get into that just as a different perspective. Because I feel like generally a lot of the stuff that I've done, I mean, in the Midwest or in northern Canada, it's, I mean, it's, in northern Canada, it's more mountainous. But, I mean, for the most part, a lot of what I've done has been relatively flat. And so just doing activity to see stuff from a different perspective. Cause the stuff I have done in mountains has been really cool. And so I think just trying something else just like that, amping it up a little bit.
1: Yeah.
0: Mitchell, have you Pretty seen cool. people do that at Mount hood at all? Or would you be able to do that kind of stuff in Mount hood?
1: I mean, yeah, there's definitely opportunities out here in the Pacific Northwest to do a lot of that. Um, the most like traditional route route on Mount hood, um, for the most part, from what I see, you can get away with just having like crampons and an ice axe, um but you don't necessarily need to do some of the technical uh pieces
0: like is this to get to the top you're saying
1: yeah yeah and so yeah i don't th- i think uh most people just do like crampons and ice axe but there are routes like on different faces of the mountain that would definitely need it and then there's also like Mount Rainier too that one's a pretty big one in Washington um so i think that's more of a popular um like technical uh, climbing mountain in this area. Not so much Mount Hood, I would say. There's definitely places you could do on that mountain, but I think Mount Rainier would be a better one for that.
0: Do you have Do you have any drive while you're out there going to school to get to the top of Mount Hood at at some point?
1: Yes, I'm looking to actually find somebody. Uh, one of my classmates, her husband, has uh climbed it a few times, and so. The first time I do it, I definitely want to go up, I think, with someone who is familiar with the mountain and the route. <laughs> who knows
0: what they're doing?
1: That's yeah. no, no. <laughs> yeah. 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 it gets kind of sketchy when you're on some of these bigger uh faces that uh, with like avalanches and ice and rockfall and stuff you don't uh witness in the Midwest growing up. So <laughs> you know, like being around and just kind of uh learning from some of these people who are more familiar with that style of um I guess playing in the outdoors will would definitely be beneficial and smart to do prior to getting into some of this a little more. I think that sounds like a very good
2: plan. I know we talked about maybe potentially at some point before you're done with school, what, whenever that will be, just to get a um, hike in there at some point.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's pretty sweet. And like what a lot of people do here, because there are a lot of uh, pretty big peaks to climb, but then they're there's a lot of skiable lines from up at the top too. So like Mount St. Helens, Mount Adams, Mount Hood, um, are a lot of like these super popular peaks that you can uh, go climb up, whether that be um, like non-technical, or even like partially when you have to use like ice axe and crampons and stuff. But then once you get to the top, people ski down. And so like you work your ass off to get up there and you have that experience. Then instead of it taking – um half as long as it did to climb up you can like ski down in like a third of that time too which would be a pretty fun aspect to add on
3: to that
0: well now you got skis that so you could definitely get that done
3: <laughs> Exactly.
0: <laughs> all right dave what do you got
3: uh so i'll kind of speak to something similar to what zach was saying but at the same time completely different just seeing things in a different perspective yeah. i know it, nick actually turned me onto this documentary uh it's on Netflix. My octopus teacher. So good. So and good. Oh. I, I don't know what you'd call it. Just free diving. Yes. He's just, oh, he's, it's just cool. this guy like with fins, no mm-hmm. wetsuit, no anything off. Uh, where is he? He he's in Africa. Yeah, you're right. Uh, storms, I think it's called, but, uh, so he's out there like he went out there every day for a year. And it was just, like, him and just, like, normal swim trunks, flippers, no, like, breathing equipment or anything, and goggles. And he would just go out there every day, and he started diving. And eventually, he just, like, started bonding with this one octopus and, like, had a relationship with it. The document's pretty sick. You should check it out. It's so good. Yeah. But just... As far as the activity goes, getting into like diving, I I do not have the lung capacity at all right <laughs> now to do what he was doing. I mean, he was down there for like six minutes at a time, I wanna say. At least. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so doing something like that, I mean, I've always we were even talking about it in the sauna today, just like briefly about how much I like how much fun we've had in water and just yeah. Growing up in Minnesota. I mean, oh, we're yeah. obviously <laughs> We're that's a little side story I'll let Nick tell. (laughs) But uh, obviously, growing up in Minnesota, land of ten thousand lakes, we're familiar with water, and just being in water has been like so enjoyable for me that I think exploring kind of like reefs and stuff and diving at some really cool spots. It's a whole different world, dude. Yeah. Yeah, and what whatever they say like we've only explored i don't know what it's a like very a small percentage super of, small yeah. percent. like
0: probably too small it's like how yeah. is that possible yeah i
3: want to say 25 but that seems way too high
0: yeah dude, i think it's like 10 yeah. yeah but
3: of the oceans and that is like an alien world down there so yeah. just exploring that i mean i went once when we were in jamaica and that was kind of cool but at the same time i saw a kfc bag floating around so yeah kind of lame yeah just, that's just like a resort asterisk diving. on that yeah, yeah. It was cool. I mean, I found a sand dollar. So yeah. <laughs> so, but going going to, like, some more natural places where it's not just, like, okay, we take 30 people out here to dive a day. Something like that would be cool. But
2: So, do you want to do more, like,
3: ocean or, like, lake-free diving kind of stuff, do you think? I mean, it obviously depends. I think even well, you guys have both been up to Sugar Lake where my grandma's house used to be and you now my uncle has a cabin up there. But the water up there is so freaking clear Nuts. that you can go out. It, I don't. It gets like teal at a certain point once you get out to the middle. Yeah. But um, up by Grand Rapids, Sugar Lake, and it's just so clear. And I know we would explore down there when we were younger, it, just as far as like off the dock and a little ways out but you can see pretty far down. So that'd be pretty cool to do like lakes and stuff. And I know like if you got into superior, I don't know how doable that would be, but that's so
0: dark. Yeah.
3: But I think
1: David, if you get into that, you could go find our rockets that we shot off.
3: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Some rockets were shot into the neighbor's yard too. They were not happy about that. Uh, Thank you, Michael, for getting into rockets. If you're listening, (laughs) that was fun. Um, but I think oceans would just be cool just because it's going to be a lot more, I think just like vibrant natural environment. And
0: stuff you haven't yeah. like seen as much. Yeah. Yeah. like
3: I, like I said, I'm so familiar with the lakes and stuff around here that. Well, and
0: that stuff like turns into like, it's like a jungle underwater. Like it's yeah. just absurd amounts of like wild, like different species of everything. And it's, yeah. It I feel like, like so
3: every cool. time you go down, you'd see something you hadn't ever seen before. Yeah. And that just thought on it in its own is like awesome. Mm. And then just being able to like feel the underwater feeling. I mean you guys get it. But yeah. so I'll let Nick tell the little story that we were talking yeah, about. Yeah it was oh my gosh.
0: Mitchell, so we were we were sitting in the sauna tonight um and your dad was telling us how uh one of his brothers, who will not be named, uh he is not like the most comfortable in the water, like swimming wise. Um and so then we start talking about, like our our Nipo trip up in Canada and how like we always like would we'd sauna and swim and then like when we would get back from lunch we'd swim and um, how the one year we, we were at with uh, when Jonathan was out there with us we, yeah we had the raft out there and we were playing a game where
3: and this might have been like ten years ago
0: it was a it was quite yeah because we, we, we were young yeah we were young it was when Michael wasn't big this. enough to be yeah. yeah so we we were playing a game where we were seeing and I bet the raft we were probably about ten feet of water wouldn't you say about ten feet.
1: Yeah. Like you know, give or take, yeah, I mean, give or yeah, take. Yeah.
0: Um, we were trying to see who could bring up the biggest rock from the, and you have to, so what you have to do is you have to go down, grab as big a rock as you can, and then you have to get it back up onto the raft. Otherwise it doesn't count if it you can't get it back on the raft. And so like, I think there was a little bit of cheating. Cause some people would like, And you only get one breath. You only get one breath. So you have to you hold your breath and you go down underwater, try and grab a big ass rock, and then try and bring it back up. And like half half the trouble is once you get it, because obviously the rock is lighter in the water than it is, not in the water. So like half the time you would you'd shoot up and reach with one arm up towards the raft, grab onto it, and then try like haul this rock out onto the top of the raft. But we were just – Mitchell, we were telling your dad how um,
3: like – That was stage one.
0: Yeah. So we were like – since people – like we were pretty young, there was a definitely a, a bigger uh, difference in like like just heights and body weight and that kind of stuff because, I mean, Tanner and Michael were probably whatever, like 12 or 13 or whatever. So yeah. they, they were smaller. It's like they couldn't compete like with the rocks we could grab. So instead, they would grab the rocks that were – Like on the raft, and they'd waddle, they'd pick them up and they'd waddle over to the side of the raft to like the drop off, the deep end, and they'd jump up off the raft and sink all the way down to the bottom to like, I don't even know how deep it was, and then to see how deep they could get and then shoot back up. It's like, that's just the most ridiculous thing you could think of, honestly. It's like, hey, let's grab this big rock. A, let's go try and not drown, grab this rock, put it on top of this raft, and then the 12 year olds are grabbing, trying to pick them up and then waddle over to the side of the raft and then just like penguin jump into the water and shoot down 20 feet to the, to the bottom.
3: Meanwhile, the dads are just watching this happen and saying <laughs> nothing about it, just up on the deck hanging out. It's but, weird
2: to think back of some of the things you would do when you were younger.
0: But I, I oh. feel like we were, none of us were uncomfortable. Like, you know what I mean? Like we never, which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, like that we didn't feel like. It. I feel like that started
2: because somebody just like, hey, I grabbed a rock and brought it up. And then somebody was like, I got grab a bigger
3: one. Go grab a bigger I think one. Jonathan was a big Proponent for that game. Yeah, he's like, "Okay,
0: just... well, let's see who can grab the biggest rock."
3: Yeah,
2: and I, and I know that game also turned into who could like a diving contest, who could make the smallest splash with their dive. That was oh, that's a right. thing for a while. Yeah, Michael and Tanner had the advantage
3: in that one. Yes, yeah. they had the
0: smaller body size shifted into their advantage. Um, yeah, but it was no, it's just cool to, and I, I think the coolest thing um, about doing this kind of project, this podcast, and some of the other stuff we're working on is getting to meet new people and talk about like experiences that we had that can get us into those, like these new outdoor adventures that we were kind of thinking about doing. Um, And Mitch, it's nice having friends like you who honestly just like, you probably go out of your way more than most people to like, if you are, if you're, especially it seems to be more like more drawn towards like outdoor activities. If you think you'd be interested in it, like you find a way to make it work, like kind of how to get into it. Um, which I guess leads me probably like to the last question we'll have for this episode is for people, for people listening who are trying to get into like new activities for the first time. Like what's been your, like, what's been like your kind of your method for like, once you figure out like, Hey, like, this is something I like to do. Like, how do you kind of go about, um, like what are the steps you like you do to get eventually get to like, for instance, buying skis and then like trying it out?
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it just starts with doing like a lot of like your own research. Like, I mean, you think of like how Zach was talking about, uh, the guy with the kayaking, like you start by like, you like a picture. So then you kind of, uh, check out some more of their pictures. or some other people that they kayak with. So similar with like skiing, for example, and then you start to, I feel like just get into more of like your own like research and like trying to find something that would fit your style. So like, for example, make the type of whitewater kayaking you want to do versus this David J- uh, Jackson guy who wants to, jump off 80 foot fall or 70 foot falls and so it's like you you try to find your niche within like um the new activity that you want to do and then from there i think i think it's smart too um for people who maybe aren't so much into it or want to just kind of dabble and try to start a little bit and get a feel is just to buy like new stuff or to uh, find somewhere that you can rent it just to see how you enjoy the activity the first time with rental gear, so you're not making like a huge financial commitment. But then, once you try it and you find that you like it or whatever else, you can you can always go and start kind of purchasing or accumulating your own uh, your own gear too. Nice,
0: yeah, that uh, that sounds good to me. Well, cool. Um, Mitch, David, thanks for getting on here for the first time. Um, I have no doubt that you guys will be back on. Um, so we'll leave listeners. We'll leave you with that. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless. Thanks for tuning into the Voyager way podcast. Follow us on social media at the Voyager way for more content from all our outdoor adventures and plenty of how to videos to get you started on some adventures of your own.